Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Welcome in the latest episode of the Five on the Floor podcast on the Five Reasons Sports Network. I'm Ethan Skolnick. Make sure you check out fivereasonsports.com. Make sure you spell that out. All the latest Heat content. New column from Zach Buckley, his morning edition, came out over the weekend. And this is something you're going to want to check out. Nikias Duncan, our Nikias Duncan, who hated the Tyler Harrow pick, is writing an apology to Tyler Harrow that will be out by the time that you get this podcast. So make sure that you check that out on our website. Also, the other podcasts on our network, Three Arts Per Carry. Of course, we'll have a recap of the Dolphins' loss to the Jets, where they kicked 7,000 field goals. And Five Rings Canes, of course, we'll have a preview of the Canes' big bowl matchup in Shreveport. But anyway, let's get to the Miami Heat. And before we do, I'll tell you about one of the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and that's the Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm. Check them out at OneCallLegal.com. That's OneCallLegal.com. They've got someone there 24 hours a day to handle your case from anywhere in the state, whether it's immigration, personal injury, or traffic tickets. They do a great job with the latter. I can attest to that personally, and they're based in North Miami. they got an office right off of I-95, so if you're bored, Trying to get up to the Golden Glades, you got a legal issue to take care of? Just pop in. The Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm, OneCallLegal.com, OneCallLegal.com. And now, today's episode. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alvon Sydney, a.k.a. Alf954. Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network. Tyler, it looked like you were you were seeking shots down the stretch of the game and in overtime. Just part of what you've always been about, looking for those shots down the stretch. Oh uh, yeah, you know I don't shy away from taking a big shot. You know, I have a lot of confidence. Um, so down the stretch, you know Jimmy trusted me with the ball. You know he got me in good spots and I knocked down a couple threes. You surprised they weren't closing out on you closer? They were leaving you a little bit of space there. They had to pick their poison, either Jimmy or me. So, or I mean, there's you know three other guys on the floor with us that. It will hurt them too, so you know they had to pick their poison. All right, Ethan Skolnick back here from American Airlines Arena. We're going to run uh, three people at you again today. We're going to mix it up a little bit. Alf Sydney is, I guess, somewhere in, I was he in Chicago right now? Maryland, Chicago, some other state. I don't know. He left uh, He left the premises for a little while. So I'm here with Alex Toledo, and then we're going to be joined by Christopher Maddox, who you can also find on Light Skin Opinions. They're gonna, he's going to join a little bit later in the podcast. I'm going to start here with Alex, though. If the Miami Heat go to 17-6 and six on the season, that's right, 17-6 and six on the season. Just for some context, only two of the four big three teams won 17 of their first 23 games. So the Heat are now 17-6 and six on the season after what was a pretty ugly performance against the Chicago Bulls for most of the game, but they win in overtime 110-105. to And the story today, Tyler Hero, 10 of 22 from the field, 5 of 11 from 3, 27 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, but really the three huge threes, end of regulation and in overtime, Got a chance to interview him uh, right after the game, and you can find that video up on my Twitter account, at Ethan J. Skolnick. But essentially he said, this is what I do. I make those kind of shots. And he said it was going to be Jimmy or me. 
And at that point in the game, Alex, it couldn't be Jimmy because Jimmy was freaking exhausted. 44 minutes tonight, took 21 free throws, had seven assists, 23 points, made only three field goals. But you're asking a guy to play 44 minutes, guard whatever the best perimeter is on the other team, right? Get to the line constantly, try to draw contact because there's no Dragic and there's no Winslow. So it's all Jimmy. And Jimmy was so exhausted after the game, Alex, that in the locker room, like he sat there for 15 minutes slumped back in his chair before he finally screamed and went to the locker. Tyler Hero tonight, what did we learn? I mean, he's just been awesome tonight. I was impressed with the Bulls' defense overall that game, but by the end where Hero just kept getting these open looks, and I just didn't understand it because they were sending people at Jimmy every single time that he drove in. And why couldn't they send somebody else's defender? Why would they send Hero's defender at Jimmy out of all people, right? Like, that threw me off guard. But Hero was absolutely awesome, man. It was great to see him get out there because Jimmy went 3 of 14. Just a very weird game from him. So they might have another closer. You were saying this in the hallway when we were walking out. They really might have another closer, despite the fact that him and Nunn uh, aren't really guys who can create for themselves off the dribble in ISO situations. Those are guys that they're going to be able to rely on to make shots in the clutch, specifically Tyler Hero. Yeah, specifically Tyler Hero. And this is why this night is so important. I think this is why we're going to remember this night. You want your star player to trust someone else down the stretch. That is absolutely critical. Eric Spolcher talked about it after the game, about he doesn't want to play Jimmy that many minutes, but that Tyler earned Jimmy's trust from the beginning. We talked about it on the podcast in July after they made the trades, right? After Tyler had already been drafted and the two of them were working out in Chicago together and that chemistry that they were building at that point. You need your best player to trust someone else down the stretch of games. I believe Jimmy Butler trusts Goran Dragic. There's been a bond that's been built there that's very close. We've talked about that on the pod. Uh, Goran's almost kind of become Jimmy's best friend on the team. I know a lot of people outside the team may not know that, but they've become very close. He respects Goran a lot. But he's going to need somebody else. And we also know that Goran has, throughout his heat career, he's not taken a ton of those shots. Tyler Hero seeks those shots. Sometimes we've seen Goran kind of go to the corner a little bit, like when he was with Dwayne. Tyler Hero wants those moments. He wanted them in Kentucky. He's wanted them in high school. We had his high school coach on. He talked about how he sought out those moments, and he sought it out again today. And I'm going to say it right now. We are looking at what may end up being the best rookie season in Heat history. You know, we can look at they've drafted. You know, Karan Butler scored a bunch of points his rookie year, right? Glenn Rice was pretty decent as a rookie. You go back to Steve Smith, pretty decent as a rookie. Kendrick Nunn's gone off to a good start as a rookie. Obviously, it's going to come back to Dwayne Wade. But if you look at Dwayne's rookie season, there were a lot of choppy moments there until there was this buildup into the playoffs, right? And then the incredible series against New Orleans. Uh, and then obviously he played really well against Indiana until Stan pulled him off the floor at the end of that game six, right? But everybody remembers the dunk against Jermaine O'Neal. Everybody remembers the three-pointer he made against uh, the Hornets late. Everybody remembers uh, the shot in the lane, right, in game one, his kind of you know welcome to the NBA moment. I wouldn't be surprised at all if Tyler Harrow has a couple of those moments in the first round of the playoffs. He looks like he wants them. And and I, I just think we're getting to the point, Alex, where we have to have the conversation about him starting again. Because I keep saying this is going to be in Eric's back pocket until February or March. How do you not start this kid, <laughs> right? I mean, he's arguably – I mean, he's one of their top three offensive players, is he not? That's. I mean, that's obvious at this point, I guess. Uh, he's probably going back and forth between Goran as a third best offensive player because to me just what Bam does offensively even without scoring has just been so important to them. The fact that they've been able to run a clean offense with him as their secondary 
uh, initiator, as a screener, as a roller. I think he's very important to what they do. But yeah, Hero absolutely, I think, is somebody who's going to be starting at some point in the season. I'm hoping it's sooner rather than later. I think it's obvious that when he's out there, a lot of good things are happening, especially when he's out there next to Jimmy. And I just keep picturing a lineup with him and Duncan Robinson out there next to Jimmy, right? And I think that's going to be something that they go to a lot, especially with Bam at the five. I think it's something that they're going to be able to rely on just because when you have Jimmy attacking and you have Duncan and Hero as the guys around there, like that's going to be dangerous. Yeah, that's the thing, Alex. I mean, I, I think what we've seen already is that Tyler Hero gives them more diversity offensively than Kendrick Nunn does. And I don't want to downplay what Kendrick did tonight. Kendrick made a big, big, big jumper. Uh, late in the game. He scored 18. He took 11 shots. I mean, that's the thing. When you look at this long term, I I think that Hero gives them more diversity offensively. We've talked about that. And I I do think that as much as Butler may trust none, that whatever this sort of bromance between (laughs) Butler and Hero is, it's real at this stage. And there's a confidence there that Jimmy has developed in a teammate that he didn't develop an Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> He's already developed in Tyler Hero. So I think it is a matter of time. I don't want to downplay what Nunn did tonight. He played 42 minutes. They needed them without Dragic. And he was 6 of 11 from the field, scored 18, made two of his six threes, had a big long two late in the game, had the three turnovers. He's got to be a little bit more careful. He, he, there's always one turnover where he's making a soft pass on the perimeter, a soft bounce pass that gets picked. Uh, it seems to happen every single game. But he was good tonight, and they needed him to be good, and he's been good at home, and he's been good against bad teams. So this cons- this has been consistent enough with Kendrick Nunn that there's a pattern. But Harrow is the future, and at 19 years old, I mean, like I said, you know, Dwayne Wade, there was a build to this, but Dwayne was older than Hero is at this point. Dwayne had played more in college, even with the Prop 48, than Hero has. And that team came in, you know, that team, remember, that team started the season 0-7. Like, there were no expectations for that team. There were some expectations for this team. There were none uh, for this for that team. I want to get to one more thing tonight, and then I'm going to let you and Chris kind of get into Hero and, and some of the other things that happened tonight. But Bam Adebayo... Uh, to me, the turning point of this game was he started to look at the basket a little bit. It doesn't mean he has to take the jumper. He's got to look at the basket to at least go to it. Like, this is a weird game for Bam in that, first thing, credit to him for playing hurt, and you can tell he was hurt late in the game uh, with a groin injury. But he has 21-13-6, which is a tremendous stat line at 41 minutes, taking only nine nine field goal attempts, nine free throws. The only two free throws he missed, you knew he was going to miss them. Late in the game, he stared at them more than he stares at most free throws. But he was a plus nine in the game, but also seven turnovers. And I I was charting the turnovers. Five of the seven turnovers were instances he wouldn't look at the basket. He's putting the ball on the floor because he will not look at the basket. Once that, I said there are two things with this team that will separate them from being a very good team in the Eastern Conference and being a contender to go to the finals. And the first thing is Bam Adebayo looking at the basket. Because when that happens, it's going to open everything up for everyone else. And he has the skill set to do it. And the number two thing we just haven't seen yet is Justice taking the burden off Jimmy with the ball handling. And we just haven't gotten enough of a sample size with that yet. But those are the two things for this team with Bam, how, how do they, I mean, Jimmy's fining him $500 now for not taking threes. Can he, can he take a 12-footer? Because I know he's capable of making them. Yeah, he needs to be doing that more often. And I definitely agree with you that when he puts the ball on the floor and he's actually at least thinking about scoring, things change within the offense because now the defense has to guard you in a different way, whereas every other time they're pretty much just expecting Bam to look for the pass. So now 
every time that he's looking to score, it really helps them out. And then I think the other thing that you talk about being important for this team taking it to the next level is Justice hitting open threes and layups whenever he does come back, along with taking the playmaking responsibilities off of Jimmy, which he will do for sure. But yeah, uh, Bam just keeps getting better and better, man. And he's just now figuring out his powers. He still hasn't figured out that he can get to that mid-range shot more often than he maybe he thinks that he can definitely get to the rim more often than he thinks because he's almost always got the speed advantage with the big who's guarding him, right? And I just think once he puts it all together, he's going to be hard to stop because he's doing so many things out there in the offense that he's not going to be a guy who there's one way to guard him once he puts it all together. And I think that's going to be really important for them because they don't have the second alpha ISO scorer. So they need to get scoring and the offense moving in other types of ways. And Bam, I think, is going to be a huge contribution to that. And hopefully that's something that can get developed more before the playoffs come around. All right, final thing to close with before we bring Chris in. Uh, I don't want to overlook Derek Jones Jr. tonight. He played 26 minutes. You know, Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Duncan Robinson didn't give him a ton tonight. He had the three threes, um, but he played 21 minutes. But Spolster went to Derek Jones Jr. in critical situations to give him some length defensively, and I thought Derek did some really good things. And particularly on offense, you know, look again, he's not an elite shooter. Uh, he, we know he's not a plus ball handler, you know, by any means. But there was a nice little sort of pocket pass that he had on the interior today that set up a set up either as a dunk or a layup. He seems to be making the right plays to at least help facilitate things offensively. So that's been a positive. And I keep coming back to this. James Johnson was a healthy scratch tonight. Like, uh, there's no role, right? I mean, they, Eric's basically decided. I mean, waiters, I don't know if there's a role. But no Dragic and no Winslow. And, you know, you didn't get much from Olenek tonight. You know, Silva played 10 minutes, but Olenek had one field goal in 25 minutes. And, yeah, and you know, Bam, again, playing with the, with the groin issue. And still nothing for James Johnson. So I think that's where he is right now. All right. We'll get to Chris in a second. I want to tell you about a great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network and a watch party that we've got coming up. That's right. We've got another watch party. We keep losing them. I'm going to try again. This one is Heat Sixers. So we picked a game. You'll be pissed at us for losing if that's what happens. But it's going to be at the Gold Club in Pompano. That's right. The Gold Club in Pompano. Their kitchen is open all night. No, that's not the reason we're going. The Gold Club in Pompano is not just a gentleman's club. It's free for ladies at all times. That's right. At all times. Any female can get in there anytime between 11 a.m. and 2 a.m., and they've got $5 you call it Monday. So if you show up, you pay $5, you get your drink filled all night long with whatever it is you want. It's beautiful inside and not just because Alf and I and Alex will be there or someone else. Anyway, check out the Gold Club in Pompano. A little bit difficult to find, so we're going to help you with that when it gets closer to Watch Party. But that's going to be December 18th, December 18th against the Philadelphia 76ers. And now, the rest of the episode.
All right, now we're back on Five on the Floor, and we're going to bring in Christopher Maddox. You can find him on Light Skinned Opinions. He's on there every time with our man, Alf. And Ethan's gone now. He has to, you know, attend to other things in his life like he always does. But uh, we're going to keep talking about the game now. And something that Chris and I were just talking about was the Heat's offense, right? The cutting has been down over the last couple of games. Why do you think that's happening? I'm not exactly sure why it's happening. It's a, a little disappointing, but... I do take some heart in the fact that the offense was able to adapt. There were a couple times this game where we ended up with two guys in the corner. And I'm like, spacing, fellas. Like, what is happening here? Um, but when you have a vet like Jimmy and situations like that happen on the court, he understood, give me the ball. I'll go down. I'll draw a foul. Um, I'll try to make something happen. And he was able to do that. Sometimes he got caught in the air. But I don't know if it was just because of the opponent we played tonight, because of the Bulls or not. I don't think this offense works, um, the way it was played tonight at least, works against a better quality team. Um, but they were able to pull it out with a lot of the things that I thought were initially problems. Those threes that Hero hit in overtime were Jimmy driving, getting in the air, almost getting caught in the air, and then finding an outlet at the last minute. And throughout the course of the game, a couple of times he got stuck, he turned the ball over. And I'm sitting in there, I'm, I'm wondering why exactly the cutting isn't happening. And it might be because, you know, you're missing guys. It might be because Justice isn't out there, because Gorn isn't out there. And instead you have Jimmy with the ball or Tyler with the ball and those guys trying to make something happen. Yeah, so I think that's something that's definitely affected their offense over the past couple of games, not having Goran and Justice in there to help facilitate things. I think the offense does look awkward, especially in, like a lot of times – Jimmy was very tired tonight, and it was obvious his jumpers were flat. He just didn't have his legs under him a lot of the times. He was, even though he got to the line 20 times, which is ridiculous. He has a higher free throw rate than James Harden at this point, and that's a fact. So the Heat have been relying on that a lot, and if it wasn't for those free throws, I don't know that they win this game because Hero got them through that last stretch. But the offense was looking awkward when it was like Hero and Kendrick Nunn trying to create things for themselves because they're not one-on-one guys at least at this point in their early careers in the NBA, right? Like, that's something that their best advantage for scoring is when they're coming off advantageous situations off the screen. And when you don't have Justice and Goron helping set them up, it's going to look awkward like it did tonight. I think Hero badly wants to be an ISO player. There were a couple times in the game where I thought he, he kind of took some bad shots, maybe for something a little bit. And I chalked that up to him understanding that they needed something this game that wasn't already on the court. Um, Kendrick Nunn, man, I'm very impressed with 18 points. That was a quiet 18 points tonight. Like, it was so quiet that when you looked at the stat sheet at the end of the game, I was like, whoa. And it was an efficient night. And so you're going to need more nights like that um, in order to get wins like this. Now, what I will say as well is that this is the kind of team that you want going into the playoffs is a team that can win games in distress like this. Like, this this game felt like it was a game under duress, like the entire time until we got – you could feel it in the arena. Um, and I, I think maybe years past, this is the game that we might lose. Oh, yeah. You know, and so to see, to see us win the game in this circumstance with this distress and to keep the home win streak going – I felt like that that was a big deal, and especially going into this week where you have the Hawks, who are sneaky good sometimes, and uh, and then, of course, you got the Lakers at the end of the week. So this was a good win in order to start the week off um, in a way that uh, is positive. Now, I don't know if who's going to be back 
for both the Hawks or the Lakers. But if we can, I don't know if we'll be able to eke a game out like this either. Um, but for all the good in this game, there was equally as much bad. But we still won the game, which is a, a very big deal, I think, a sign of growth. Yeah, that's something that we've been talking about a lot over the past couple of weeks after that Brooklyn game, you know, the close Toronto game, is that we have already seen that this team can perform in the clutch. They have things that they can go to, specifically Jimmy driving in and either getting a call and going to the line or getting up a good shot or passing out from there. That seems like that's going to be the way to go. A lot of times it's going to be involving a bam, pick and roll, and that's going to be their offense. But like you said before, we got to see how that fares against some of the elite teams. And, you know, Justice and Goron not being back for that Lakers game is going to hurt them a lot because they're going to need that extra body to be out there to help guard LeBron. And I don't think they're going to have enough shot creation if those guys aren't playing. I think we saw that tonight. The Bulls are whatever team at best. You know, they've been the 12th ranked defense, so their defense has definitely taken a step this year. So that was, you know, cutting off some of their driving lanes. The cutting wasn't happening as much as it usually does, like we talked about earlier. But, yeah, they're going to need those guys back because without them, it's tough to generate offense. Jimmy can't do it every single possession like he did tonight. He was so obviously tired, and then in the locker room, he was very tired. So I want to see what it looks like when all those guys are back. And speaking of that, how do you think the rotation is going to shake out when Goran and Justice are back? Because Derek Jones Jr. has been getting a lot of minutes over the past couple of games. We saw some Chris Silva tonight after not seeing him for a little bit there. That's, the, that's going to be the next question whenever they're healthy. What's the best possible way to sort this out? I personally, and, and some people don't like this this take, but I prefer Goran off the bench a little bit. I think uh, when Goran comes back, he's, he's better as our sixth man with this particular lineup. It's a place where he can fit in and where he can kind of dominate the ball once he's in with that second unit. Um, but you're right. It's going to, I mean, none is going to have to lose some time on the court. Hero, as difficult as that may be, is going to have to lose some time on the court, possibly. Uh, Derek Jones is going to have to lose some time on the court. Uh, Ethan was talking about how uh, J.J. isn't playing, really. Um, minutes are, are premium yeah. on this team. But I, I think Gorn, Gorn coming off the bench and, and Justice starting with Jimmy, my only concern with Justice starting with Jimmy is I feel like there's a lack of shooting possibly in that lineup. Um, you're going to have to – those other two spots outside of Bam, Jimmy, and Justice, you're going to have to put shooters in those spots. Kelly O, by the way, tonight, he was taking some deep threes, a lot of a lot of catch-and-shoot threes. I think Kelly has, has rationalized that his way to get on the court is to fill the shooting gap when you've got the three best defenders on and you need somebody else to shoot the ball. Yeah, you're 100% right about that. I feel like he hasn't been shooting enough in those, you know, he, I feel like he was always kind of hesitant to launch over his first few years with the Heat, but he's been launching and from pretty damn deep too. So I'm <laughs> I'm a big fan of that. I've been wanting him to start since the beginning of the season. I do understand Myers has done a very good job in that place so far, but I think they're going to end up having to go to the guy who's taking more threes because they're both comparable shooters and specifically when Justice comes back, you're going to need two knockdown shooters who are willing to shoot it every time around Justice, Jimmy, and Bam. But you do think Justice should be back in the starting lineup. So do I. We haven't seen it since he went out with the concussion. And Kendrick Nunn's been starting ever since. I think Spo has looked at it, and this is something we talked about before. I think Spo has looked at it as 
having two great units out there at all times that he really likes. So I do think it's going to be something that we see for a little bit when Justice comes back. But I'm with you, man. I want Justice to be back there in the starting lineup. I think I keep dreaming about a starting lineup with him at point, Hero at two, and then Kelly at the four between Jimmy and Bam. And I just want to see an extended run with that lineup. I understand why Spo hasn't done it yet. The starting lineup that they've been running out there with none at the one, Myers at the four, Duncan at the three has been great. But uh, I think you're going to have to let Nunn score off the bench alongside Dragic when Justice comes back because mm-hmm. Jimmy can't do it all. We saw it tonight. And uh, with that, I think we're going to wrap. It's been a fun game. We actually got to see a good game at home. You know, I think they had an average differential of 18 at home coming into this game. Mm-hmm. So that was a fun game. Getting to see Hero do all these things in the clutch was awesome. And he had the place rocking, man. And, like, and that overtime... Uh, the fans who were sitting around me were losing their minds. And, and it's always great when you have an arena that is that is live like that. And I think that's something that we, we don't talk about that much with players is just their impact on the environment in the arena. And Hero got it going tonight. Yeah, people absolutely love the kid, man. Every time that he get that a shot goes up from him, you can hear the anticipation in the crowd. And that's awesome, man. I feel like everybody's behind him. And I think that might have helped him. You know, make some of those shots. I think he could. I think that's something that's tangible. It's in the air. Is the anticipation for that shot, and you know he's not afraid to take it. So it's awesome seeing him embrace this role of, oh, I'm gonna come in here and I'm gonna actually be a bucket. Like they're gonna have to respect me for real, or else they're gonna get hurt. I'm, I'm still bewildered that he got all those open looks at the end of the game after he did such a good job on defense. The Wolves did throughout the game, but. Yeah, now we just got to see what's up if they don't lose the, another trap game this time against the Hawks on Tuesday before the Lakers on Friday. But with that, we're going to wrap up here at the AAA. Great game. See you guys next time. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.